Welcome back, everyone. We actually get the best of both worlds today. Our guest we have here is Gaetano Denardi. He's with us today. He's a great, great R&B singer, producer, songwriter from New York City. Worked on lots of records with big name artists from Ryan Leslie, Fat Joe, Shaggy. I know I'm leaving a bunch of stuff out just to name a few. He also happens to be a great digital marketer. So we have lots of cool stuff to talk about on both sides of the spectrum today. Uh, and Gaetano really has a great perspective from both sides. So welcome, and we're happy to have you here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, gentlemen? How you doing? Thanks for welcome. having me. Welcome. Thank you for joining us, man. I'm excited to, to dive into all this. Just reading your bio and everything, I'm pumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. You know, you, you just, you've, uh, I, I love when we can do this, right? Because... Like most, most of the time it's, you talk to someone that's really great on the business side of things, or you talk to someone that's great with the creative side, but Gaetano is busting out with just being awesome on both sides. Like I love listening to his tunes and uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, the, the marketing stuff too. I think we'll get a lot out of it, but let's, let's just begin by, can you Thank share? You. Oh, absolutely, man. Can you very, share very a kind, little bit? You know what, I'm, I'm getting my notebook out to just start stealing your secrets. So, <laughs> you guys are too why we're here. You guys make <laughs> me feel too good about myself. All right, <laughs> that's what we're all about—the positivity, the positive atmosphere. We're helping each other. We're, help, we're helping everyone. But uh, we need—we uh, definitely need to get that going. There's a lot of negativity out there, so I feel you, you know on what? that. There's too much, and I love—I uh, love helping, being a little more more positive. Uh, exactly. So let's start. Let's start talking a little bit about your background, um, your bio. I was reading an article that I saw uh, that featured you uh, on You Know I Got Soul, which talked a little bit about sort of finding your way in the industry and trying to stay true to your sound, uh, which I thought was really cool. And it talked a lot more. Uh, I would go check that that out, guys. But can you share a little bit about that? Like, how did you start in music, uh, your your style and how you got to where you are now? Mm. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a big question, man. I'll try not to give you like the full rundown, maybe the abbreviated version. <laughs> but, Whatever uh, you feel, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you could say that it started off with uh, being Italian. You know, like my grandmother, big influence in my life. Um, she was always playing the Italian tunes, you know, and I kind of picked <laughs> up on that. And, um, you know, there's not like a, a nice short Italian grandma cooking up a storm in the kitchen while blasting the Italian. Like, it, <laughs> it, it just doesn't feeling, get man. more classic than that. You know what I mean? And, like, that's the kind of shit I was exposed to growing up. So that kind of sunk in. And then, like, when I was probably, like, I would say seven, eight years old, I was full out singing in Italian because, like, I learned the language. My parents communicated with me in Italian. And I recorded my first song in the studio when I was seven years old. It was O Sole Mio wow. in Italian. Yeah. Oh, very it was cool. nice. It was cool. And like, it was a big hit in the family because nobody had ever come out and done anything like that. Like these, you could just imagine these old Italian dudes, like at like some <laughs> wedding, like, ah, Marquista Candini Ganzona de Leon. Like they go in like, they are so proud when that shit goes down. Like, so oh, anyway. So yeah, so I did that. And then like when I was in middle school coming up, I was like venturing out into like alternative rock. Um, I was a big fan of like Metallica 
Eddie Van Halen, Santana, those were like some of my big influences guitar wise. And I fell in love with guitar mm-hmm. at a young age. Like it just took me over. My friends would be outside playing like stickball in the street and um, I'd be inside shredding, like trying to learn how <laughs> nice. to play like the Metallica <laughs> classics. Yeah, yeah, I was into it hardcore. In fact, I remember, go. yo, I remember I bought an amp, a Marshall amp, and uh, it was so loud that, like, I had to return it because I, you know, living in the Bronx and stuff, <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't piss off the neighbors too much or you will get a summons. It's, like, serious shit down here. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, yeah, picked up the guitar, started shredding. My favorite, like, style out of all that stuff was definitely the Santana style. Like right more, on. more bluesy with like a jazz influence, but mm-hmm. definitely had that Latin feel. I just love like some music geekery stuff, like in terms of the styles I like to play in, usually like minor chords. And I don't know why they just like feel good to me when I play them. Um, so a lot of songs that I write are in that key. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and then from there, like I got introduced to a vocal coach when I was, I would say, like approaching the early years of college. And I was just practicing on honing my craft during those years. I was in the studio a lot, learning how to do audio engineering, um, how to produce, how to arrange. Um, I learned a lot from a number of producers in the game that were just like accessible through this vocal coach because it was in this building on Ninth Avenue where a lot of shit was popping off at the time. Uh Um, Yeah, so I was able to make connects at like a very young age. And then just kind of through grinding through social media, like, Um, getting introduced to people and my musician skills brought me a long way as well like the more you can do in music the better like i feel like a problem is that people can't leverage that much anymore like they can write maybe you know in one style for example Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. there's no versatility left it's like everyone's trying to do like one thing maybe it's trap maybe it's like whatever but you know if you're a grinder and you're on the come up you got to be able to do a lot of different things to really like stand out um from the white noise absolutely yeah and that's you know that's something i find too is just it's so huge to just be open to the networking side of things right just putting yourself Mm -hmm. out there and being willing to go the extra mile and connect like that and that's really you know impressive that you were doing that at such a young age too i Mm -hmm. think for a lot of people it takes time to realize the the value there Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i was doing favors left and right like I was volunteering to do free shit that nobody else wanted to do. I was up all night in studio sessions laying down free reference tracks because I wanted to make connects with engineers and writers and producers and stuff. Um, you know, I, Actually, there was one time that I remember that stands out. It was in the middle of the summer. The air conditioner was broken. And I was in the studio all night sweating my balls off to like 6 in the morning. And it was a rough session. You know, like the, the style wasn't really my thing. I was still learning like... It was yeah. rough, but it, that was like a big learning experience for me. And then from there, like, you know, it just kept on steamrolling. I just wanted to keep doing that. And um, that was that's the key to networking, you know, like leveraging what you could do for somebody first. And then don't be pushy or salesy about it when it's time for them to return the favor. Like, it'll come, you know, just like be patient and be, you know, be in a good place with that person um, on like a relationship level. Don't just keep it business all the time. That's such good advice right there. Couldn't have said it better better myself. That's that's yeah. the trick. <laughs> Let yeah. me ask you. So like on, on that same note, um, I know your track that I think you co-produced and wrote on that Ryan Leslie album, right? It's called mm-hmm. Sounds. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, great tune. I mean Thank you, thank you. 
loving lot lots of your stuff but you so you worked on that one with your production partner it's it's k, k quick right exactly yeah shout outs to k quick that guy let me tell you something about k quick like i'm surprised he's not untouchable at this point like he still really serves back the music community in a big way he works with artists that are on like all different kinds of levels in their career you don't have to be like you know grammy award-winning to work with him um, he definitely extends the opportunities to those that he believes in and who deserve it. So definitely yeah. shout out to Kate Quick for sure. That's that's awesome. And yeah, definitely some uh some great stuff just from what I've heard uh, uh thank from, you. From, from from there. But can yeah. can you share with us like a little bit, like you talk about, you know, networking and, and doing all that stuff. Mm. What was the process? that you you went through to end up with that which was such a great placement and such a great c collaboration uh yeah. to, to end up with with that product you know <laughs> well it kind of goes back to the first thing i said about doing free shit for people <laughs> um this is crazy so check out like the degrees of separation here so um through the vocal coach class i met somebody who i became friends with uh another co-writer and um artist as well he needed some shit done for somebody who I didn't know. So he brought me to K Quick studio. Uh -huh. Me and K Quick, then, you know, he noticed like my talent and he was like, yo, man, we should definitely keep working together. I'm like, yeah, definitely. Um, so me and K Quick, we've been working together now for like, I would say close to damn near seven years, something like that. It's been a uh -huh. while. Um, I've known him. Yeah, we, we definitely like, I don't know, kept in touch throughout the years. And like, even if it's not to produce music, like this goes back to the relationship thing. Him and I play basketball on weekends. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't always have to be like shop talk. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, so that's basically what I've been trying to do to leverage like how I got to, you know, K Quick. And then through him, you know, he was Ryan Leslie's manager. I mean, I'm sorry, engineer, not manager. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And uh, him basically mixing and, uh, mastering records for Ryan Leslie, he built that relationship, and then you know he was able to pitch the idea that we had, and it worked out. So, um, yeah, that, basically goes back to doing free shit for people. That's just so cool. Like it's just straight up. Like people hear stories about stuff like this, and they just think like, man, I I could never do that. They don't put themselves out there. It's just you know you have the talent, you have the drive, and you put yourself out there. And you know Gaetano right here is a living e example of he mm. he just grinded. He had the talent, and he got you know awesome stuff like like that done. I'm getting too pumped up about this. People go out there and do it. Go out there. Yeah, and do it. you know it's like it's not unattainable. I mean. I used to, th you know what the problem is, man? There's too many people still that are waiting for someone to come along and save them. And yep, absolutely. It's, it's just not realistic. You know, you really got to go out there and make it happen for yourself. Like, that's really all I could say. And that was the mindset I had since I was like young. You know, I knew that nobody was going to come along and promise me the world and make it happen. Like, you got to go out there and get it. So. That's the they're, they're only going to recognize if you're already doing it. No one just you know, wakes up one day and someone pulls you out of bed and goes, no, today you're a Grammy winning producer. Like, like <laughs> sorry, that's <laughs> exactly. exactly. Absolutely. I, I had uh, one more, uh, you know, one more topic about your background that I was reading about that I'd love uh, I'd mm -hmm. love to, to touch on. Before I do that, though, mm -hmm. I want to say um, my my favorite track I think it's actually is it the is it the 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 name of the the EP too is is there a track on Fade Away called Fade Fade Away it's like bit, like these pumping drums 
and then like these strings come c- come in. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? That's my favorite track. I, I, uh, so to answer the question, a lot of people got confused about this, and I think it was just the artwork was was really good, but um, they uh, maybe presented it in a way that made it seem that Fade Away would be like a track on the project. But I think what you're talking about is the one with just the guitar and the vocal intro, intro right? Uh, yeah, it was. That was pro- that. That was my my bad. Yeah, it's sort of like it's it's on like the latter half of the album, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's the speak with my guitar record. Um, yes, that that's the one. That yeah. that's the one. That yeah. is a good track, man. Your Thanks, voice dude. on Thank that you. track sounds great, dude. Thanks, dude. I, you know that, that's that's my style, really. Like, I don't know. I try to keep it like not too far off from what I'm going through in my life at the time. Um, I try to remain consistent with like my, my vibe because it kind of goes back to the same thing businesses got to do when they're marketing themselves. You got to maintain a, a consistent tone of voice. And in music, I think if you try to deviate away from that too much, it's the same thing as like a business changing their brand voice too much on social media or, you know, in their company corporate communications, you're going to throw somebody off and, you know, it's not going to resonate because it's too confusing. Um, so that's what I tried to maintain through that a little bit of consistency. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That consistent voice, uh, in your literal voice and in your, uh, in your brand. And I want to add, I definitely want to get to your other expertise here with content marketing and strategy. But before we do that, this all meshes in. I really want to talk a little bit about, I was reading your blog and you had a post from a while back about your meeting with Atlantic as an, as an artist. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I, I know, uh, you know, not to spoil the, the, the ending, but there's not, you know, too, too, too exciting of like a, you know, finality mm-hmm. to, to it, but the story I found. So like, that is such a great, uh, insight for people to hear. And if you'd share like a little bit about that and what happened, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear just some, you know, like an overview yeah. of it. Yeah, sure. Um, so it was a pretty interesting time in my life, you know. I was this was during the time where I thought like, okay, if I get some meetings, I know I could definitely make you know something happen here. Mm-hmm. So um, through my network, somebody was telling me that they had like access to a very very big name lawyer in L.A. Uh, who would, who is historically known for being interested in, in the acts that are similar to what I do. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that person got connected me with a lawyer. I got to, you know, talking with a lawyer and stuff, and he was feeling like there was some serious potential as well. So he made the intro to um, one of the top uh, executives at the time at Atlantic, and I believe he's still there. Um, And him and I had, like, a meeting that day. Um, Well, not the same day, maybe, like, a week later. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting meeting. I would say that, um, you know, one of the... One of the things that I remember was me feeling like I was inexperienced and unprepared. Um, sure. I should have I should have went in there like knowing more, but I was young at the time. So like if I would have known what I know now going into that meeting, you know mm. I would have probably taken a different approach. I I was nervous and I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. I was only going about it in the best way that I could, and you know I played some records and stuff like that. Um, you know, we talked about what I do, what I'm capable of, you know, we talked about like some social media stuff and played some more records. And then, you know, the next steps were, uh, you know,
know, that the lawyer would be in touch with me uh, for some next actions. And there basically was no actions after that. It just was like kind of a dead discussion right there. Um, but the frustrating part was I didn't get a clear answer as to why. It was just more along the lines of like, yeah, we just really can't work with you. And that was it. So with that, you know, saying going in there, had you gone in it with a different approach, what do you think you know now that would have changed your direction when you were, you know, talking shop with a lawyer and executive? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would, number one, like not go in there with the mindset of like, yeah, I want to get like signed or something like that. What I would have done differently is came at it from like more of a standpoint of like hey you know before you start even thinking about you know what you can do for me um what can i do for you like i would have flipped it that way like offering my skills as a writer as a co-producer as a musician um whatever the case is background vocals arrangement whatever it is that could have been needed i would have approached it like that and said you know i can do all of these things by the way and, you know, Definitely. I'm very open to getting like a slow start, just, you know, getting in the mix with some of the people that you work with. Um, and then, you know, you and I, let's just build on like, you know, a business relationship, but also personal as well. You know, and I'm not looking for anything right away. And um, I didn't quite approach it like that. I, I took more of a neutral approach, but I should have came on the offensive a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I think this is like such a huge lesson for everyone because so many people are just afraid to put themselves out there like that like what you went through to get to that meeting obviously many many people wouldn't do and to go into that and put yourself out there knowing that there was that chance of it not coming through and being able to learn from that i think that's such a huge skill for all of us like don't be afraid to put yourself out there and if things don't work out the way you want like do exactly what gaitano is doing like share with us how you know how he's changing his perception and how he's you know learning from it moving forward but awesome stuff dude thank you for 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 sharing that yeah, I'm not. thank you guys thank you very much absolutely so i definitely want to get into um the the marketing side of things because you have obviously a huge skill set on that side of things too and i know we talked about uh you know content strategy uh and and things like that and i definitely would love to hear you know anything about that your thoughts on why that might be important for musicians uh and just everything about about marketing strategy you know mm -hmm. yeah well i mean like it's it's interesting because when i do digital marketing for businesses there's a lot of things in common but there's also quite a bit of difference um and mainly it's this the businesses that i work with have something available to them called top of the funnel awareness content okay yeah and uh you know to to be um to be frank about what that is it's indirect ideas and topics that are somewhat related to the product that they offer but it's not necessarily tied into their product so let's say that we're talking about like you know a laptop company like samsung and mm -hmm. you know sure. we want to get them to rank for something like um laptops or buy laptop or whatever um, you don't necessarily have to create content that's all about laptops. Like you should have that, but you should also have things that are not uh, related to the laptop, but things that are still kind of business oriented, like you know how to install new softwares, um, the best the best computer games for summer 2017, 
you know, all these sort of like awareness drivers that can suck new people into the funnel um, so that they learn about you, get familiar with your brand. And then, you know, if they don't click through to the site and they drop off, there's a number of ways to get them back into your funnel through like, email marketing, for example. If you uh, capture their email and like a pop up, that's one way to do it. Um, then you can retarget them. There's something called retargeting. So, um, should I stop right there? Am I going too far ahead? <laughs> no, that's all such good stuff. It it reminds me of our our mutual friend Dan Dan mm -hmm. Dan Sher, who uh, mm. spoke with us at length about sort of how you know musicians in general are not taking advantage of SEO, and uh, nah. Dan wrote that great article about nah. about SEO, and I think. Um, you know what what you're saying here even takes it a step further because you know if people aren't taking advantage of SEO they're certainly not going that extra step and taking advantage right. of these topics that you're talking about so i'd love to hear it like yeah that that makes sense like putting that content out there to pull people in that isn't right. necessarily just exactly on point but uh could could you talk a, a little bit about like as a musician or an artist or someone in in our field how can we take advantage of those sorts of things right well, here's here's the thing, man. Like, you don't always have to talk about your music. Like, just like a business doesn't always have to talk about their product, you should be talking about your music 20% of the time and not talking about your music 80% of the time. You got to start focusing on lifestyle, um, your process, the things that you're going through as a musician, um, daily struggles in your life, um, any kind of news that's related to your industry or your um, your genre, rather the greatest content that you're seeing or news about your genre, um, a related artist who's popular that you want to kind of associate your brand with. There's so many things that you can do. Um, the problem is that there's not a lot of education out there on how to do it. Um, and nobody even knows that this tactic really exists. Um, you know, that's why a lot of these websites for musicians aren't really getting any organic traffic. It's just whatever their name is as an artist, that's all they're getting. Absolutely. You know, it it reminds me uh, we, we were talking a couple of weeks back uh, with Rick Barker, uh, formerly of Taylor Swift's management, and he was bringing up like very it, it really r reminds me of what what you are saying, like you sort of have to get out there and look at your at your fans and your potential fans and get into what they're talking about, what they're doing beyond just music so they can buy into you you know, all of you rather than, than just the music. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear like, if you have any like specific uh, like examples or thoughts, like how can people start doing this and start taking advantage of these sorts of, of, of topics, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I would say, I would say like, first and foremost, try to stick to something you're passionate with or passionate about. And then try to connect it back to music in some way. Like, don't think that, you know, if you're not passionate about tips to share about, um, you know, live performances, best practices or something like that, then don't talk about that. Like, if you love baseball, but you're a musician, but, like, you love baseball, start a fucking baseball blog and start cross-linking where it's relevant. You know, I find all sorts of ways to, like, plug it into myself, um, you know, through the business world into my music and the music world into the business side as well. Um, and the way I do that is I talk about marketing about music and it just happens so that like I'm kind of passionate about both and it works. Um, but to give you like an example of something I've done that has worked to get a lot of traffic, it, um, it was writing a review about a company 
So if you write um, a really detailed review about any company out there, whether it's positive or negative, mine happens to be extremely negative. Um, and it's like, mm -hmm. it gets crazy amounts of traffic to my site every month. People are messaging me like almost daily about it. Um, it's bringing <laughs> awareness and leads into the funnel. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just one way I've done it. I just thought, you know, nobody's giving reviews on music products and music companies and things of that nature. So let me just try to take advantage of that. I do have to say, Gaetano, in my, in my you know, review of your whole web presence, and I, I say this with the most, uh, you know, the most respect, voice of an angel, but you are, like, very real when it comes to what you write and what you're doing. Like, I feel like you definitely have this, like, you don't sugarcoat it. Like, I really felt like when I was reading through your blog and other stuff that, that you post, like, I absolutely felt like I wasn't reading, like, a this guy is trying to butter me up or trying to, like, you know, sugarcoat what he's saying. Like, and, and I appreciate that. I feel, like, do you consciously, like, is that part of, like, your brand and what you try to put, put out there? Oh, definitely. That's definitely, like, my tone of voice for sure, but there's not really a conscious effort behind me while I'm doing it. Like it just naturally happens as I'm writing because the one, the one way I try to resonate with people is I write how I talk. So mm -hmm. this way it does sound like really conversational. Like, you know, how some people when they write, they're far more formal and they forget that like, you know, this is still a conversation is just digitally through, you know, screen pixels. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you can't lose that. And I think, I don't know. I've just—it's been one of the natural like uh, skills that I've had. I guess maybe through songwriting you acquire it, but um, that's just something that came natural to me from the beginning, and it's definitely a standout. And I'm kind of known for that in the things that I write, so I'll, I'm gonna keep it going for sure. Yeah, ab absolutely. It's 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 great to have you know that that sticks out in my mind, and you, you know that I mean not. <laughs> And it's not a negative at all. Like I, yeah. I appreciate it, and that's become part of who you are, and it's real. Yeah. It's who you, you really are. So that's a, uh, that's that's really cool. Um, Thank you. Let me Thank ask you, you this. Ab absolutely. Let me ask you, common mistakes. If you mm. you know, because I'm sure someone as knowledgeable as as you, you go around, you look at random musicians, you know, artists, bands, and you probably are looking at what they're doing online and saying, oh, <laughs> not again, not like, again. like you right, probably right. see a ton of this stuff. And, you right. know, with, without being, uh, you know, specific to the groups or whatever, because we don't <laughs> want to, uh, you know, uh, do, what's some like common mistakes that you see people making uh, that maybe we, we could help fix, you know? Sure, sure. Well, I'll try to list them in like the order of, I think, damage that's done when these okay. things happen. Okay. All right. So number one, sending out mass email blasts that are not personalized. Mm. And you're not sending it from any sort of email client uh, management, you no know, software like MailChimp or something like that, mm -hmm. or like Autopilot HQ. You're sending it straight out of Gmail. You're <laughs> sending it to yourself and then BCCing like, 28,000 people on it and it's just one big you know it's one big spam wave um <laughs> so that's that's like the worst one for sure i see that one a lot Even, my stomach just know, turned a little thinking about you, yeah you, you say bcc but i've been on on the other end of both the uh 
the mass email not even with the blind car- carbon copy where I've gotten like hit up the, the day after from random people I don't know that got my uh, email address from a massive blast. And then also the the tail end of the giant text blast. Uh, and oh, I just yeah. want to say like those, <laughs> the text blast is the word. If, if you become oh, part of an God. unwanted group, group text, like, oh, come on. Those yeah, were dark right. days when you couldn't get out of them. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and sorry oh, yeah. to interrupt, Gaetano, but please, please continue. Oh nah, man, no interruption at all. I think. Um, so, what were we even talking about again? What was the thing we were going into next? You were listing common mistakes that you oh, see people right. making. Oh, right. Okay, so yeah. common mistakes. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, number two. <laughs> here's another damaging one, and this is shocking that this is still happening. But um, it's they don't have a personal website. Unfortunately, yeah. this is still happening. Um, there's, yeah. yeah, there's to me, there's nothing worse than like asking somebody like, "Yo, where can I find you?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 you can like, you know, add me on Facebook and shit." You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I see that a lot. What? I I see that a, a scary amount. Like uh, artists, I think because they see there are some big names that don't have a dedicated web website like and and they see that and they think this is just what i'm doing now we all only have social media but you know i think we're all in understanding here like you don't have control over a third party website you know your website is the only place where you have complete control right it's such a vital thing all i can think of is coming from because i have a rock background so like the scene and, and all that stuff you know indie bands alt rock bands when MySpace blew up and everyone jumped on it, some of the hardest working bands I've ever saw like blew up because they became popular on that. And then when, when did Facebook hit and start blowing up? Like 2007? That was where they peaked and then dropped off the face of the earth. It couldn't get yep. any traction because yep. they put all their eggs in MySpace and we know what happened with MySpace. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's bad. Hey, it's dropping like a bad habit. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. Unbelievable. Uh, Definitely. It's uh, and I think it goes back to what Gaetano was was talking about, about, you know, sort of the, the, the funnel and pushing people to to where, you know, where other places that that you exist. Right. Because if you just put all your eggs, you know, like Chris was saying, all your eggs in the MySpace basket, it's pretty sweet for a while. Mm-hmm. But, yep. it, uh, but it drops out. Yep. It's, it's and, dangerous uh, for sure. It's very dangerous. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So any other uh, a- any other mistakes you-, you commonly see? Yeah, I guess, you know what, man? It's a good thing I said the website thing because this kind of leads into it. Um, and this kind of could be blanketed across many things. So maybe I'll just sum it up with this sort of topic. Mm. Um, they don't understand or they don't understand the business and they don't get business savvy about their craft or their career. Um, and, and the thing I'm talking about is like, yo, if you don't have a personal domain, that is your brand name. If you don't own that domain of your own brand, then you're leaving your personal um, real estate, intellectual real estate property available digitally. It's no different than property that you would own on land. It's your property that you need to claim uh, before someone else does. So if you don't have that, you're already you know kind of behind. Um, you need to have consistency across all your social media uh, platforms. <clears throat> like your brand name should be the same everywhere. Um, and I'm mm. guilty of this. Mine is not quite perfect because other people took my um, desired handle 
Mm-hmm. So now I'm in the process, and this goes back to me even not being perfect. Um, I'm in the process now of trademarking my own brand name, and um, nice. yeah, nice. so I can get you know basically whatever I want. Um, so I got to do that, and then like you know, in in terms of like songwriting and stuff, people go into sessions nowadays, and like they just kind of assume that you're gonna get credit on the record if something happens to it. Well, you need to make sure that paperwork was established. Uh, percentages were agreed upon. Um, you need to, you know, just bring it up casually. I know it's a thing that sucks and nobody likes to talk about, but it saves you know, relationships now. Yeah, it's, just do it. Just do it. You know, that's a great point. I think, but you know, both of the things that you just said. Number one about about the website, man, that's a great idea because I, I think many people, you know, just just the idea of treating your career like a business. And Gatano say, you know, register the name, get yourself set up in in that way uh that's because like isn't it like the most annoying thing in the world you get your handle that you use everywhere and some guy that hasn't been active on twitter for six years has uh, yeah. what, you what, can what boot him out yeah you can boot him out if you have the trademark that's what there i'm doing go. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good yeah man you yeah. you have to follow up and let us know how, how that, that turns out <laughs> i would love to see how that that, that turns out but yeah and then um mm-hmm. You know, the the other side, just I definitely get what you feel like there's sort of that awkward, like when you have to discuss business during a creative session and stuff like that. But I think, uh, you know, it's it's true. Like doing it when there's no money on the table is so much easier than all of a sudden when there's a paycheck that you're trying to split. (laughs) Like that's it doesn't happen. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. I don't know, man. You can you can get that done digitally now too. There's like digital split sheet softwares and tools out there. Like mm-hmm. there's Absolutely. plenty of ways to get it done like really easily. Um, and then you know, you, all right. So I'm gonna give you guys a tip, and this is like for people who want to take themselves real serious and get tax cuts oh, yeah. and whatnot. So this is what you should do. Once you declare that your artist name is a business, you can be basically like a sole proprietor. You can get something called a, a DBA, doing business as. And you're yeah. technically a one man or one woman company at that point. You're a sole proprietor. And then you open up a business bank account and a business credit card line. And now you can report things that you're doing to invest into yourself as tax deductions. So you don't have so you don't have to pay for things like a laptop that you're gonna use for music production if you have a real company. That becomes a write-off. Um, so yeah, you can see where I'm going with this already, but yeah, if you take exactly. your shit seriously, you actually, you know, there's certain things that are allowed um, and you just report it as business losses and it's fine. Absolutely. Just another, another awesome tip, man. Just, there's so, so many reasons to treat your career like, like that and to officially have mm-hmm. that, have, have that, that, that business that, you know, that 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 entity uh you know what you're talking about you know there's just so much benefits that people just aren't taking advantage of people Mm -hmm. go out there and do it Mm -hmm. and not only that it makes you look so much better it makes you look like you're taking things seriously and you get all the benefits so yeah great great point dude exactly so i've got a couple of other questions for you one question i like to ask everyone is about success so i want to hear your your thoughts how do you define success in music for yourself and how how do you define it in general what is success for what you are doing uh with music yeah oh man it's such a tough question you know because honestly it's it you know how they say like beauty is in the eye of the beholder it's kind of like that with 
you know, with this too. Um, sure. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I still feel like I have like a long way to go and I don't really know like what the end destination is for me, but I'm kind of enjoying the ride and like enjoying the process. So awesome. I think, you know, if you're making, if you're making small incremental gains, like that's, to me, that's what really success is about. Like, don't get so hung up on like, I need a Grammy. Um, you know, I need this, whatever. Set like milestone events. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a brand new musician starting off, a milestone for you should be have a show in the city and at least 25 fans show up. Like that is a significant milestone and that is how you work towards success. Not, oh, I need to make 150 grand off music this year because that's where you're going to fail. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, uh, definitely good, good stuff there. And then yeah. I just want to ask you, okay, you just shared with us so much good stuff, both musically and for marketing. Give us one actionable thing people can do tomorrow our listeners can start doing tomorrow to get better from that marketing standpoint and start putting themselves out there in, in a better yeah. way okay so we're talking to musicians primarily right yes yep. yes okay <clears throat> oh man you know that's a big question like there's so many things you could do i would say i would say like pick the number one thing that you want to do and then start focusing all efforts on that and don't make it be something huge. Like maybe it's like, you know, if you have a single coming up, I would, I would challenge you to go about your next single release differently. Don't just say, yeah, I'm going to put it out and I'm going to promote it on my social media channels. Do research. Think about what it's going to really take to have a successful single release. Do some pre-promotion around it. Do some planning. Read blog posts. Like figure out all the different marketing channels you could use. Like do you have extra money saved up that you can dump into Facebook ads, for example? You know, you can you if you leverage Facebook ad targeting right for ten bucks, you can get like an additional twenty five thousand views easily. Um, you just gotta know what you're doing. Like, just read up on it and try it out. Like, don't just go through the motions and say, yeah, oh, I got a new single coming out. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, check it out. And then like when it comes out. <laughs> You know, they just share it on social media and like, please share. They maybe they tag ninety-eight people in the same uh, post. Mom you know shares it. Your neighbor shares it. <laughs> yeah, like build out a PR strategy around your shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, figure out the artists that are getting press coverage in your genre. Hit them up. Ask them for advice. If they're not within reach, look at the journalists who are writing about the stuff and covering mm -hmm. those artists. Hit them up on Twitter. Do some social interaction before you email them. Like, start getting into a conversation on Twitter. Whatever it takes. Like, hit them from all angles and come up with a real plan for your next release. Don't just go through the motions. Such good stuff. Such awesome stuff. Like, Couldn't agree with it more. It's so good. Uh, let me tell you, this has been such a good talk. Uh, not only that statement, but everything else we we talked about, uh, yep. just really, really good stuff for everyone to, uh, you know, to take into account when they're navigating uh, this crazy industry. Before we <laughs> let you go, tell me where can people find you online? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, mm -hmm. What is going on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, there's a number of ways to do it. You can go to my website. That's officialgaetano.com. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-G-A-E-T-A-N-O dot com. 
you can follow me on Instagram. Hit me up on the IG. You know what I'm saying? Don't slide into my DMs <laughs> or anything, but <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, official underscore Gaetano. Um, on Twitter, you can hit me up as well. Uh, Facebook slash official Gaetano. And um, if you want to email me, um, it's officialgaetano at gmail.com. So hit me up. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, make sure to like, subscribe, and let us know what you think. You can find expanded interviews and articles at interludemanagement.com slash podcast. Or you can connect with us directly on Twitter at MBL Podcast. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.